I am just loving the not, you know, no alarms, no nothing, yeah, no, no yeah. getting up. It's, it's been great. I, you know, I could get used to this, this not having alarms and yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Oh, God, wait, what day even is it? Isn't, is the 9th of January. Oh. Ooh. Ooh, we should probably be back. Ooh. Probably, okay, okay. we should probably be back uh, okay. by now. Um, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get uh, Audacity running, you get the microphone. I'll remember how to say words. Ah. <laughs> Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnadale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnadale. And welcome to an episode, another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. Back. We're back. It's the podcast for two queer trans women. That's us. We're wifey types. Yeah, we are. Have a bit of a catch up about media we've consumed in the week and do silly voices and skits mm, and have a bit up. of a bit of a giggle together. <laughs> we're, we're back and working. We are. After giving ourselves time to not work for a little we bit. We had like some time off. We had some time off and now we I have to. We attempted to lie to I have to, I have to make thoughts make sense again i gotta i gotta form opinions now yeah, it's taken a bit it's 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 been a little ramp up yeah i've had to like spin the gears up there was a bit. that good few days at the start where it was like eh, mm, mm, what, what should, should any of this be content should 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 i be should i be preparing <laughs> for some of this to be content and then that sort of anxiety died down and then like just every my whole brain fell apart from not the routine yeah, yeah, yeah. There was there was a point where there was at least one episode of Podquisition I was meant to record during that time off that I'd forgotten and so had someone else and someone else had forgotten and was ill. It was it was one of those like we all sort of rocked up and were like we all forgot this, didn't we? You all forgot it, and then there was a sudden message from the first person to have remembered it 12 minutes after you were usually due to record yeah. going, here's a link to start recording. It's like, it's fine, we're all we're all on sleepy mode, we've all, we've all left this life behind for a while, we'll come back oh. later. Yeah, and then like, last week we were like, should we do one? It's like, mm, I'm still exhausted from having had a meltdown yesterday, so... Um, just, just need to let an extra week of, of reset. But we have a big list of things to talk about. We do indeed, and we're going to probably start with things we've played. I imagine. We are. What have you played? What have I played? Let's 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 bring up the list because it's been it's been a long unroll the scroll. It's been a long couple of weeks. Um, well, I can talk about this, which is a relatively uh, a new thing, but that people will be hearing about. Uh, I played through the God of War Ragnarok free DLC Valhalla. Oh, heck. Uh, which is a roguelike epilogue for God of War Ragnarok, in which Kratos has to fight his way through Valhalla having emotions occasionally. It's maybe somewhere between six and eight hours to sort of see the main the main plot of it through. It feels very much like something like Hades in that... Uh, you do your little narrative runs, and then between it's hello. Let's talk about about various uh, mytho- mythologies of gods for a while, and then you jump back in All to do your run. Kratos has killed over the years. Ah, uh, you know, that's a topic that comes up. <laughs> um, but yeah, the gem the general idea is Kratos has received a mysterious letter telling him to to come to Valhalla without much explanation, and. As he goes it's through intervention for therapy, as far as I can tell, uh, that's that's kind of the gist. Valhalla is like, hey, whatever is on your mind that you need to work through, we're just gonna pull that out into kind of being reality. And for Kratos, that's fight a lot of things and think about your past. I really like this. It's it's pretty substantial for like a little free update, and I was surprised at how 
much narrative there was here and how much that narrative feels really, really significant. Um, I, I, I think it's fair to say about it that it is, it is essentially an, it's an excuse for Kratos to re-examine the events prior to the the the, the modern remake God of War games, mm. uh, in which it's about him and his son doing their various activities. Before that, there's a whole bunch of God of War games where he is just angry, shouty man who makes some bad Killing decisions. And pantheons. <laughs> yeah, he's he's less of a less angry of a character of who thinks family. about feelings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a good opportunity uh, for them to re-explore those early God of War games through the lens of who Kratos is now, and use that for some interesting emotional growth. Mm. Um, Did you say it, this was a free update? Yeah, this is a completely free update. It's like, I think it's like six, spent maybe six, eight hours doing doing yeah, first, like first playthrough. Um, there seems to be more narrative and more gameplay stuff that's opened up upon Ooh. completing the story, so there's there's more to be seen there. It It is it's pretty good. Um... I have some little issues with it. My biggest one is much like something like a Hades. Uh, you complete a room, and then you'll have new rooms available to you to, to open, and different types of room will give different types of uh, rewards. And while in something like Hades, it'll literally just be a picture of the reward. It's like, oh, this one has those purple gems, this one has uh, that god's boon or whatever on the door. Mm. This has kind of abstract runes, and... It it's not always easy to look at the rune on the door and tell what kind of reward it's actually going to give you, and that meant I had to frequently pause the game, press L3, look at the glossary, scroll down, find the icon, go, oh, that's that. Right, it wasn't even doing the, you got close enough, we're going to give you a little tooltip pop-up yeah, of... Yeah, you, you, you can't stand by the door and get a little pop-up that says what, uh, that reminds you what that rune means. Ooh. Sometimes there'll be chests that have the runes, and the chests will do that. You can stand by the chest and it will... Do a little pop up that's like it's one of this type of rune, but it yeah, won't like, do I that for the doors. A few times you were doing like a choice of thing A or thing B. I was yeah. like, I couldn't understand why the doors weren't similarly. Yeah, Here there's. Is the full description. It's my biggest issue with it, but um, yeah, you have a bunch of upgrade options. You 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 always start with um all three of your your weapons that you had by the end of God of War: Ragnarok, your uh your 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 uh, axe, your um bl- blades on chains, and your big spear, and there's like, hey, do you want uh, do you want to pick between um, special attacks for your weapon or um, stat boosts that are just like generally put the numbers up, or do you want to get like a special ability that will change uh, some aspect of how your stat uh, your your sort of build works, or do you want to get a bunch of currency to spend just within this run? Mm. And like, there's a good amount of variety in sort of how you spec that out, and then between runs. You've got your, like, permanent currency shops for, like, permanent upgrades to get stronger. I do really like that there's a lot of encouragement to change your build on a very regular basis. Mm. There's a bunch of challenges that have really good rewards. Like, they'll they'll reward you with a lot of permanent upgrade materials if you do these, like, challenges that are, like, use uh, each of the the light light runes for this weapon. Uh, Select all of the heavy runes for this weapon. So it's it's encouraging you to, like, select all the different things. But also at the start of your run, you pick, like, a glyph, a shield, a um, Spartan Rage. And each run, they'll they'll put one of them in a, like, glittering gold and go, if you use this one during this run, we'll give you extra, you know, we'll give you extra XP or extra currency during this run okay. if you use this specific loadout. Hmm. And, yeah, it, it does a lot to encourage you to, like, change about your build a bit. There is a nice amount of, like, new 
new mechanical options for combat that weren't available in the base game that are made available here. It's just it's just a nice little epilogue for Kratos. It is a significant piece of story told through smart reuse of assets. Yeah, because there's been rumours flying around that this is sort of this is the end of going to be the end of Kratos, and we may begin to move on to yeah. Um, uh, uh, is it Atreus? Atreus, Atreus. yeah. When you um, said Atreus, I was like, Where's wrong? <laughs> yeah. If if that is the case, this feels like a pretty good send off for Kratos sort of coming to terms with, like, his whole narrative arc. Mm. And it's nice that they could find a way to make that mechanically interesting while touching on the narrative ground they touch on. Um, I think they've done a good job with it. It is a really nice little update. So, heck yeah, go go check this out. It is well worth a look. Yeah, and interestingly, like, there have been sort of rumours bumbling around about a possible remake of original style God of War. I and uh, I wouldn't be surprised having played this if we saw some HD re-releases of some of the early God of Wars. Yeah, because some of those characters are like from from previous games, not from Ragnarok or I I wasn't uh, sure whether to say that much, but there are some assets from old God of War that have been redone up nicely and that's it would be a shame to only use these assets once. And also, aren't the sword chains like one of his original weapons? Ah, uh, they were. They were in 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 I God of. I've only played so, God of War two. So they were available in the old God of War games, but he does get them in the Dad of God, God of Dad, <laughs> Dad of Boy, Dad of Boy, uh, God of Wars. He does get the, okay. those weapons. But yeah, it, it's a real nice little update. Yeah, um, and it looks looks nice on PS five. That it do. <laughs> uh, what about you? What you what you been playing? Um, well, nothing quite so spectacular, I suppose. Uh, I, I played uh, a little game called um, Loddle Knot. <gasps> oh, it's adorable, this game. So this, sort of, I can't even remember where this floated up because I don't recall there being a demo for it. And I was just spotting it was like, putting that on my wish list, I want to see it. I know it's I know it's floated up in a few with the wholesome directs and things like I that. I think maybe that's where I saw it. And it's it basically, you are going to a planet to clean up the ocean... Because a big corporation has recently abandoned the planet uh, because all their offices flooded. So I guess there's been like some like um, oceans rising, mm-hmm. and uh, you are basically there to just to act as like a, a cleanup squad. And it's like, what if you wanted a really wholesome, slightly uh, pixelarty but three D style um, uh, viscera cleanup detail or or similar? There's yeah. been a lot of. Do you want to do a cleaning or a, a tidying up? Recently, and I think this does a really nice job of sort of capturing that while being cutesy and wholesome and saving the local wildlife and having like a weird sort of slightly Pokemon vibe to it as well. Because initially it's just like you've got a little laser gun, which is good for like getting gunk off things like like cleaning up an oil spill. So if there's uh, like corals or anything, uh, you can like shoot the the gunk off them with your uh, bubble laser. Or if there are things like um, uh, like beer rings or, or tin cans and things, you just grab them with your little vacuum. And that all sort of goes up and then you head back to your base to the appropriate recycling bin. And it is like separate your trash. So in, you just go to your inventory and pop out like, here's all of the tin cans I've collected and all of the, the metal food containers and... The metal scraps that I've just found lying around. I take that to that bin, and then I go to a different bin and drop in all the like beer rings and uh, water bottles and, mm. and things like that. 
Um, and then another one is like, here's just glass jars and glass bottles and things. And you get basically bits of whatever that material is. You stick them in the thing and eventually you'll get like upgrades to make your laser better or you'll have like a better radar, which will show you like, like hitman vision. I can't. Yeah. I'm sure there's a term for it in other things, but basically like that, we're going to highlight things and you can kind of see through walls to work out where your next bit of trash yeah. or where your next... Uh, detective vision. Yeah, detective vision in um, in Batman, I yeah. guess. Yeah, that that sort of thing. And it's, it's you sort of track down like as much trash as possible. And there's a whole thing about like, yep, you've cleaned up this area, you've gone away and you've done something else, but uh-oh, it's an ocean. The currents are like just swilling trash around, so... You do have to go back occasionally and be like, oh, I've got to clean up a bit more goop. Um, you've got these adorable little friends called Loddles who initially are covered in goop. So you have to run them through like a, like a, an oxygen refill ring, which does mm. them a little clean. And if you clean up their area that you found them in enough, you'll be able to uh, just um, stick them back in there. You give them some food because initially they're quite hungry because there's nothing growing. All of the um, like underwater plants are basically, if not di- dead entirely, certainly dying and ill and not producing fruit. Mm. But you give them a clean up and they'll start producing fruit. And initially, you'll want to grab some of that fruit and just feed it directly to the loddle. But eventually, you know, if you clean up the area enough, they will just start eating what's growing around them. And if you feed them like certain combinations of food, and later on you get like a little underwater grill that you can prepare them like specially prepared food from various types of ingredients uh like there's like a kelp taco um there's uh, some fish candy for fish mm. and they will grow into slightly different shapes like you might get like snaky ones or catfishy ones and it seems like there is a whole I gotta catch them all thing of I've, I've seen people in the uh like steam community forums being like, here is a full list of all the different types of loddles you can get. And I haven't really got into that. I mostly was just there for the, the, the cleaning up. I've played through it twice now. I had a really good time. I played through it um, while we were away visiting friends. And I played through it again on stream. And then I had like an hour left after last stream. And I was like, well, I don't have the spoons for streaming anymore. But I do just, I just might as well just finish this now. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fun game. You can learn a little bit about what happened to the planet by collecting like ID badges for people who worked for the company and, um, like learn little bits of, of their history. Some of it is as simple as, Hey, my office is a bit wet. Oh, my, <laughs> o- okay. My office is completely flooded. The whole building's falling into the water. I'm going to be working from the break room today. Okay. <laughs> and um yeah there's like a whole bunch of those to find there's to be like a whole bunch of secrets and yeah it's just a really fun very sweet low poly uh game about just cleaning up an ocean and it's another one of those things a bit like pandemic legacy i guess when we played during the pan start of the yeah. pandemic of uh, feels nice to have a little bit of control about something in the world around me hmm yeah, sometimes you gotta you gotta engage with a thing that gives you some feeling of control over the scary world. Yeah. I, if I didn't have massive ear problems and someone could provide me with a, a bubble gun, I would I would go clean up some ocean. Exactly, I get you. Mm-hmm. What about you? What have you played? Um, I've mainly been like finishing up games because I want to like play new things and I want to get stuff yes. out of my. All my the new releases list. will be coming soon, and you've got to. 
Yes. Get things out yes. of the way. In, in particular, I know that uh, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, the new uh, Yakuza RPG, is mm-hmm. coming out at the end of this month. And I'm currently playing through uh, Like a Dragon Guide and The Man Who Erased His Name, again, but in English, on stream, uh, prepping for that. But I've been trying to get a couple of like my backlog things finished so I can be like, I'm, I've finished that. I'm nearly done playing through Lies of P. Ooh. I'm finally making some really good progress with that. Um, got past some bosses I was really stuck on. Mm-hmm. I've clearly reached like the final act of the narrative. Some reveals have happened. I'm going to... I'm trying to find my way to what is presumably the final location of the game. Lies of P is... It is the most fun I've had with a Souls game that wasn't made by FromSoft. It is incredibly satisfying to play, despite any occasional difficulty spikes that happen. It never feels, like, unfair as a game. Its narrative is absolute nonsense, but (laughs) in the kind of way that I find pretty endearing. It's... It, it's fun that I've mentioned the Yakuza games a second ago, because it, it it's similar in as much as sometimes it wants to be taken very seriously as a narrative, mm. and then sometimes... You've got a weasel yeah, mask. Yeah, you've got a weasel mask on, and Pinocchio's nose grows out of a painting, and now it's a sword. Uh, shit like that. Sounds it, perfectly it's, reasonable. It's a silly little game, but I'm having a delightful time with it. I'm continuing to very much be enjoying being Timothy Chalamet hits people with a <laughs> trident. I'm glad I've not tried to like force myself to finish this game sooner. It's one of those... This game does have some some difficulty spikes, and, and more of them that are more... I would say more notable than a Souls game. Like, there are slightly, slightly rougher difficulty pacing. And as such, like, if I've gotten stuck on a boss, I've just given myself permission to go, I'm just going to come back to this in a couple of weeks and not, like, bash my head against the problem. Mm. And that has helped. It's meant that I've been playing this game for, like, four months, but I'm slowly getting there. I'm making my way through it. I think, I, think it was a, I think it was a September release. Huh? I think I got it slightly before release. I got early review code for it. So, yeah, it's got to be about four months I've been playing it. Well, this is a nice thing for you. Like, yeah. you've got to... You got to play it, you got to keep playing it, and you got to go back to it several times. Yeah. And usually it's just like, nope, must finish, get on with new things for review. I was able to play enough of it to be able to give a solid opinion when the embargo lifted, and have enough of it left over to just dip in and out of for a while. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's been nice. Uh, the other one I'll get out of the way quickly, because it's, you know, just finishing stuff up before before stuff gets busy. I'm nearly done shiny hunting in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet post new DLC. Yeah, you went and did like you ran through a whole other Pokemons. Yeah, yeah. So the DLC for Scarlet and Violet, the Indigo Disc, came out uh would have been right around when we last recorded this. Um there's a there's a story in the DLC and I think it's I think it's interesting. I think it's it's one of the better post games that, that Pokemon has had. Uh it gave a big new biome and that had a handful of new Pokemon, but it also had a bunch of Pokemon from past gens that I hadn't shiny hunted yet that it gave me an excuse to go shiny hunting for. I am down to, I think, two Pokemon left in Scarlet and Violet, uh, and like 75 species total across the series that I don't have a shiny of. At least 20 of which cannot be got shiny at all in any of the games right now, mm. which brings it down to, I think it'll be like 55 species left to do. My quest will not be done at that point because some of those are traded ones from other people and, like, the next pass of things after that is the 180 or so species that 
I only have as traded ones from other people to go and shiny hunt myself so I have one with my, my trainer name on. Okay. Uh, I'm continuing to chip away at that that task little by little. Any excuse to make that task a little bit bigger. Well, that's, that's the thing. <laughs> I will find many excuses to keep that task going. <laughs> I already know what the stupid epilogue to this is going to be when I have the full... Uh, then when I get the full living shiny decks with my original trainer name on all of them and all that sort of thing, at least IV in, challenge. at least until oh no 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 <laughs> at least until the next Pokemon releases and I continue that task, my quest is going to be to collect as many unique shiny Spinder as possible. So sh- is that the one that's like depending on very like random number, it will have different markings? Yes. So it's like a little rabbit looking thing with dots on it, and the dots are. uh, placed via coordinates based on the unique ID of the Pokemon. There's something like three billion combinations of where the dots can be. About two million that are recognizably different from each other. Now, I I do not believe that it is feasibly possible to have every single shiny spender. I know that. But that doesn't mean I don't want to eventually start a quest where I go, literally anyone on the planet, do you have a shiny spender? What shiny do you want? I will go shiny hunt something to trade for your shiny spender. (laughs) And I will collect as many shiny spenders as I can from around the world. I want to have the world's biggest collection of unique shiny spenders. You're going to need another poking man's home. Yeah! Uh, So that's my stupid next (laughs) quest that I am planning to do when I eventually complete my shiny living OT decks. But OT? uh, Yeah, original trainer. Uh, but yeah, at some point I am going to start collecting shiny spenders and that's, that's going to be a whole other little rabbit hole I fall down. Ooh. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's, that's some games I've been finishing up. Uh, what about you? What you been playing? Well, I was going to talk about a thing that we played together. Yeah, what did and we And a thing that together? we probably won't fucking finish. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3. We played some BG3 together. We did. We, we did. We're like, we've got time off. Let's have yeah. a crack at this thing. Let's do a little, a little co-op of, we, of, of it. We may, maybe vaguely, slightly, ever so slightly, just maybe a little bit scratch the surface. Yes. Um, <laughs> here's how it went. We were having a lovely time. Uh, started a fight with what I thought would be one person, accidentally... Triggered ang- an entire camp. Yeah, not not only an entire building's worth of people to aggro us, but also the people outside the building. We, we turned the planet against us. At least an entire species. We turned an entire or species against us through one, like, oh, you know, I'll fight you. Oh, shit, apparently, like, everyone in, like, a three-mile radius heard about that. Yeah. Um... It was we were like we just have to get outside this building and then we can fast travel again. Nope, fucking nope, <laughs> nope, nope. Yeah, the, our our experience was playing BG three, but with a DM who's like, no, 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 I'm here to make you suffer. Yeah, this wasn't podcast D and D. This was not podcast D and D. Bards flirting and getting their way. Yep, and at <laughs> some point the autosave failed to happen. And I assume it was because it was like you've made quite a catastrophic choice here. You want to. You have to want to save this. Well, I, I mean, yeah. Like, maybe I should have been making more of an effort with manual saving, I suppose. But, uh, yeah. You as, lost, like, three hours progress. As, as <laughs> someone, this this was your first uh, dip into Baldur's Gate 3. What did you, what did you think? Yeah, it was also, like, my longest dip into any of the Baldur's Gate games. Because I had yeah. one and two a long time ago. Hmm. And I just couldn't really get on with them. Three is a lot more user friendly than also, one and two ever were. Basically, fifth edition which I yes. think helps a bit because you I can think carry they were two 
three and a half. Yeah, you can carry existing knowledge into this from fifth edition, and yeah. that that helps if you are a D and D person. Although, like, I felt like I was getting way more out of my bonus actions than I would ever even imagine to do in tabletop. Because it's like, oh yeah, I still like the orange light is showing. I could yeah. shove that person. It's not apparently not going to hurt them, but I can shove I, them. I mean, that's the thing. It's 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 having having the lit up wheels goes. Well, I guess I can do this. Yeah, and that's the thing that D and the DM won't prompt you to go. You still have a bonus action. Here's your list. Do you want to do any of them? I also appreciated the um, like I would never want to get into like miniatures and like range finding and all that mm. shit with with tabletop D and D. But I I appreciate that this is a thing that that does all that for you. Yeah, and it, it kind of falls into that thing I feel about some of the more modern massive board games. Mm. Some of them are, are not almost not worth playing as a board game because they're too big. You yes. need it's like yeah I understand you wanted to capture big tabletop like uh, uh, or big um, role playing style video game, but. Now you have to have a person that, or, or find an app, like uh, usually a third-party app, that does all of the processing for yes. you of like all the background stuff, all the range finding, yeah. all the other, all, yeah. all the other bits. As someone that doesn't do precise range finding when I DM in fifth edition and sort of play a little loose with positioning, I don't mind positioning when a computer does the numbers yeah, for yeah, me. Yeah, like I, I'm more, way more okay with it. But yeah. it, it went from being. It, almost at no point during that did it feel like uh, strong narrative stuff, even though we were playing like at the narrative difficulty. Yes. It didn't really feel strong na- narrative stuff, and it felt more tactics game. Because, like, right yeah. from. Like, you do a little bit of wander around the ship at the beginning, and then, like, almost immediately you're in a, a big fight with, like, a, a bunch of, like, imps or whatever the hell they were, and. There's, like, mind flayers and some yeah. sort of demon thing. I mean, usually you get a quest, and you will have some conversation and choice stuff to make at the start, and then that will lead into one of a few different options of who you are fighting. Yeah, and a number of people who were just, like, gonna just run off with you to a private room and try and kill you. Uh, not, not everyone tried happened to kill. Twice. There, There was a couple of people who took us into a separate room and were like, I'm thinking about whether I decide to or not. Like, I, the thought was I was maybe going to kill you in here. Yeah. And the weird thing about playing that two-player is, like, you were like, okay, I'll go into this room because you went in the last room. I was like, okay. And, like, almost as soon as you'd crossed the threshold, I was, like, picking the lock. Okay, you say as soon as you need me to do a thing. And, the, like, the lock's already picked and I'm just, like, standing yeah. outside the door. And, um, which was brilliant because, like, I, it was, it was an excuse for me to basically play as, as Ellie, who is, like, my, first D D character yeah. and i think i only ever got to play her in like one thing mm. and she is she is my forever npc whenever i run in yeah um it was it was fun to sort of play her as this like tiny little not not actually a goblin she's um a halfling but like yeah. a, a little the goblin goblin like, hee hee hee. i'm looting every single body i find i'm picking every lock even if i don't open the door i'm just hee <laughs> I proved my point. <laughs> Indeed. And, and it was nice that, like, I could be doing the conversation in the locked room while... You, like, it gave you something to be doing, to mm-hmm. be involved while I was doing the conversation. Yes, and it, f- it really felt like, okay, we're, we're, we're setting up. We're using... Yeah. We're, well, let's pretend we're using message, okay? Yeah. We, we know I, how we're communicating. I think this... Do- like, the, co- the, the local split-screen co-op does a really nice job of... You don't want to... Sp- 
split too far from each other in case like a fight kicks off and you're mm. not around to deal with it but you can oh, be a pain in the ass yeah but but see so like there is a little punishment for splitting apart but you can do a little bit of that i'm going around doing this i'm doing this and yeah. be sort of autonomous like it it's it is nice that you have that flexibility yes the one thing i think that it it falls down a little bit on is conversations yeah. Because the first person to start the conversation will have the audio playing. But then if another person also starts a conversation, it will, whenever there's silence on the main person, <laughs> it will start playing theirs, but immediately duck it as soon as the original person starts their conversation back up. Yes. Yes. It's not always perfect in that regard. Yeah. As soon, it, it's one of those, as soon as we realise we were both in a conversation, it's like, okay, one of us pause, and yeah. then we'll handle one conversation, then the other. Yeah. And a few times it was like, I was just getting into conversations because I thought the people I were talking to would be largely inconsequent, <laughs> uh, inconsequential. But, yes. Like, the way it's sometimes, like, wrestled control in weird ways, and ultimately the best answer is... Walk towards the person who started the original conversation and press listen. Yes, and then it just full screens and it's like, this conversation is what we're doing now. Yeah. But yeah, it is it is an interesting game in co-op for sure. It it, it it's it's nice having that little bit of interplay of the slightly separated party. Even if it's it's a little bit there there is no main character in co-op. It's no. whichever of you clicks on the conversation, you are the main character for this conversation. Yeah, and it is a little bit fiddly trying to like divide the uh NPCs amongst you as well, because you yeah. kinda have to go into a menu that it's, isn't super obvious. It's not intuitive how you go, I, I wanna take Astarian and put him on your team. Yeah. Because uh, at one point we like I think the game crashed. So we went back, started started back in, or continued the game, but it hadn't kept the party distributed as it was originally, so it was like, now we need to like go on Reddit and try and work out, because <laughs> we couldn't find it. We yeah, went, we... We spent like ten minutes wandering through menus, trying to work out how to yeah. split the party in what made sense as how to yeah. divide the party. And like, you know, there's a little of these fiddly, fiddly things, but like... In terms of capturing, like, the feel of d and I think this does a really good job of, like, capturing the vibe of, like, a rules-as-written 5th edition yeah. sort of campaign. I, I feel like at some point in, um, like, if, if, if I ever get a, a decent amount of, of holiday and, and free time, I would probably get myself a copy and play through this. But generally, I feel like... It takes quite a long time to do anything, especially if you get into combat. Yeah. So I think I would probably struggle to try and play this unless I was like, okay, I've got a week and I'm going to get as much of this done as possible. Because yeah. it feels like there is so much and I would probably end up like forgetting it bits or losing bits. So I've been really enjoying playing my solo playthrough of Baldur's Gate 3, but the problem I've been having is... It feels like it's not worth me sitting down to play unless I can sit for a, at least two or three hours yeah. and this is what I'm playing. Yeah. And maybe the answer to that is I start playing it on the PlayStation Portal, like while we're having like a chill after dinner or something, mm. and like you know, getting getting it in those kind Even of. Even so, gaps, we usually only have like an hour or two yeah, over over dinner. It's there's never the I I feel like I want big play sessions to play it. But the further that game gets from release, the harder it becomes for me to justify that. Like, I put in a good amount of time when it first came out so that I could play enough of it to have opinions on it and talk about it. And I want to finish it, but it's just... 
unless I'm going to sit down and go, I'm having, I'm, I'm going to spend a weekend like chugging away at Baldur's Gate, I'm not really going to make progress. This feels like the kind of thing that would be great for people who aren't us and don't m- work multiple it, evenings a week. It, it's the kind of game that is like, if you've got time in your life for an MMO, you'd fucking get on great with this. If, yeah, if and I wouldn't have to deal with the social. Yeah. And I, I think, I think the other thing is just like. It would work better for me if I didn't have a job that required me to play a lot of different games mm. a fair amount. And I could go, I'm really enjoying this, this is my one game for the next while. Yeah, and I could just yeah. make this the one thing I play. I would probably, you know, be able to stick yeah. with it more. And I, and I think also, like, more intensely, because I've got stuck into RPGs before. Like, yeah. I got stuck into uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Yeah. I got stuck into uh, Breath of the Wild, Seas of the Kingdom. And all of those felt like you could play... As little as like fifteen twenty minutes in, yes. in, in 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 like what time you had, it, but BG three does not feel like that at all. It's, it's not even the length of the play sessions; it's the unpredictability of how long. A, like I made a choice, and I have no idea how long that's going to commit me to playing. Yeah, um, like I might get stuck in like a very lengthy fight. And it doesn't feel like a good point to stop until I really finish this whole set of encounters that have yeah. kicked off. And like, it's not a game that you can go in going, I know if I if I jump in, this thing's going to take me about half an hour, and I've got time for that. Yeah, it's it's a fascinating game. It is a wonderful game. It is a game that is very very demanding of the player. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and I, I think it it doesn't lose anything for that, but it's not a game that I am necessarily going to find uh, an easy time to sit down and and play and play it as, as much as it deserves to be played. Yeah, it is. It's it's an interesting one. Yeah, but yeah, good, good job to all the voice cast though. Oh I, yeah, they've been fun. All the people we've met so far, indeed. Uh, what about you? You played anything else uh, recently? Well, talking about attractive people that that you you can sort of date, I guess. Uh, I played Monster Prom. Oh, Monster Prom! Yeah, I <laughs> I don't know if you remember this. That there there was like a, an evening we were gonna do some things with some some people we know, and someone was like, "We'll watch a film, and maybe we'll play yeah. Monster Prom together." Yeah, yeah. So I picked up Monster Prom, and I have never touched it. <laughs> and it keeps being one of those things right at the front of my like Steam. Hey, you should play this next. It's in your library. <laughs> uh, so I installed it and I played through it and I, I, I've, I'm, I'm always saying I'm not a person for for visual novels yeah. or, or, or dating sims and I don't get it. I played two games. I played a short game and a long game. Yeah. Um, the short game, I was like, okay, I feel like I was railroaded into something. I don't even know what. Uh, I I feel like I was supposed to have been attempting to date one particular person. Who I didn't particularly care for. Yeah. And, and then, like, I got turned down by the person I did ask to prom, and apparently that is the worst thing that can possibly happen to you. Yeah. It's like, okay. And then, like, I tried a second playthrough. I was like, I don't like most of these people. I don't want to date any of them. So I got to the end of it. I actually got an ending. I did get to date the person that I had been sort of pursuing, pursuing in that run. I, I, I don't get it. <laughs> As a visual novel person, I don't get Monster Prom either. Oh, I know okay. it's kind of sacrilege. It just didn't. It just never clicked for me. It's forgettable. It's not. It just doesn't. It's not what I'm looking for. You'd rather get it's... pigeons. Oh yeah, <laughs> let me let me date pigeons any day of the week. Yeah, I Monster Prom is 
forgettable and uh, not particularly engaging, and I know there are people who will hate that opinion, but eh, not for me. Maybe people will be able to explain something that I didn't get about it, or about the fundamental underlying mechanics of just what the fuck is going on. It's like, I think I want to find someone. I don't know how to do that, because they appear to be in certain places all of the time, and uh, other times, uh, or like... At lunch, everybody is always at lunch, so you can yeah. always find everybody at lunch. But other than that, it's like, I, I don't know what you do. And in some runs where it seems like you were the person that I somehow clicked with during that initial questionnaire, somehow now you're everywhere I go? <laughs> yeah. And so that means I'm, like, locked into you and I, I have to try and date you for this run? I, I don't get it and I don't care. Um, Sure. Okay, fine. Um, yeah. I w- it was weird. I watched someone play the third one, the road trip one. Yeah. That looked kind of fun. The, ro- the road trip one, I think, is is better. The, the, the road trip one has a lot more control over what's going on and a lot more variation in what you see. I, I think it, it's more of a video game as well. It's less visual novel and more there's actual game to do. I'm not adverse to monster fucking. I am an avid monster yeah. fucker, but the, give me none better of those, monster fucking. Give, give me better monsters to be interested in. Apparently, I, look, it's not the worst monster fucking game I've played. <laughs> I played Romancelvania. Other things we've played. We we played a. We've been playing a board game together that you got at the the festive period. We did. We we played through Sleeping Gods. We did a whole run through Sleeping Gods. Yeah, over the course of several day Four long, sessions. like big, big lengthy sessions. Four sessions. Oh, one of them was a little bit shorter than the other. Like our second session was like notably shorter than the others. Yeah, but yeah, we put like I think like at least eighteen hour, eighteen twenty hours in total. That sounds about four sessions. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I. Was roughly keeping an, uh, an eye on it on yeah. my board game stats track, but uh, tracker. Uh. But yeah, so this is a story about uh, a bunch of people on a boat sailing for New York, I think, in mm. 1926. Uh, basically, the the captain's father, I think, has fallen ill and mm. has received a telegram, and they're like, "I'm going," and the captain and their eight passengers head off to hit a storm and find themselves. In the Wandering Seas, a weird, mythical series of islands, I guess, an archipelago, yeah. kind of. You're almost immediately attacked by uh, minotaurs, mm-hmm. and then this random old woman appears, and she's like, the gods have summoned you, the gods are all imprisoned and asleep at the moment, so you're going to have to collect a bunch of totems to wake them up. Bye! Yep. And that's it. You, yeah. you have uh, a... A, a ship that you have dip, like different places you can go to at the start of your turn yeah. you will pick a place on the ship that isn't the same place that someone went to last time yeah. and that will give you abilities to like heal people or rem- remove certain tokens from bits yeah, that or lo- like will basically unlock cards that have been used yeah. or go like fishing off the front of the, the ship to try and get new supplies and that might be like bit ingredients for food yeah. or ways of repairing the ship uh, or money, yeah. and um, then you, very much like a fighting fantasy book or a choose-your-own-adventure book, it's the the there is a, a book that is uh, like a spiral-bound book that is a map, and it has it's divided into sections, and you can spend like a movement skill to get to like further across the board, 
and or you could just go I want to go and explore this town that's number 24 and yeah. you open a big ass uh storybook yeah. and you read from the storybook or in our case we use the Forteller app the same yeah, same one dr- we do for Frosty. It's the one that gives us like dramatic audiobook readings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, you get your sort of like description of where you've gone and you probably a choice to make. Yeah, maybe and, there'll be a combat encounter. Yeah, or a little skill check to pass. Yep. And then you might get uh, and this is the system by which you sort of track the things you're doing is you might get a a, a card with a keyword and those will be how you unlock like Oh, do you want to do this thing? Well, you have to have found this keyword out in the world elsewhere, because that starts this quest, and uh, that's your sort of system for unlocking new things to do in the world. Yeah, the keyword system is quite fascinating, because some of the keywords, uh, or, or some of those, are very specifically a quest. Like, hey, you've met this person, they've given you this quest card, it has the key, the key uh, keyword at the bottom of it, so if you go to that place... It might be you, you go to the storybook for the, for the place you've yeah. been to, and it'll say like almost the first thing like if you've got this keyword, skip straight to this. Otherwise, you might go you know, you've gone to say you've you found a, a random uh, hut, abandoned hut. You go to the hut on like on your own, just having randomly looked for somewhere to explore, and maybe there's nothing there at all. Or maybe you go there at a time when you've already picked up a keyword and you know specifically to lift up a floorboard. Yeah. Not something that you would have got normally, but now you've got the keywords, you can go and find this thing. It's like you go straight to the thing, you unlock the thing, yep. you get a special thing, have a bunch of XP, maybe some money, maybe some resources, and you can return to the ship or you can continue yeah. exploring the island. And, and I like that there are sometimes contradictory keywords. So you might go to a place and it's like, if you have this keyword, this quest is available and that one's not. If you have that keyword, this one's available and the other one's not. Yeah, like, and a lot of that is basically just trying to hide the mechanics from you. Yeah. Because, uh, as I say, like some of them are just literally just keywords to be like, if you go back to a place you've already been, you can't be at the start of the quest again. Yes, like, okay, yeah, you want to you wanna, uh, loot that place that you've already looted where you've got a keyword for that place so you can't do that thing again because you've already got the keyword that says you did it. Yeah. Uh, but the system that this plays nicely with is there is a map that you can do your own little cartography on. Yes. So if you're like, oh, I went to this place and there was I didn't have the keyword iron, I'll write iron next to that. If I later find iron, I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I can go back to that island and there'll be something new to see. Exactly. Uh, um, like, we, as, as I say, we did a full run-through of this, which is 54 rounds. Okay, yeah. So that's... Uh, you basically have uh, this... Uh, Event deck. Yeah. So as I was saying earlier, you have you you sh- you do your ship action at the top. Then you read uh, an event card. You might have to do a, a certain like skill check mm-hmm. by uh, matching icons on members of your crew and giving them fatigue if you want to use them in that particular uh, test. And you can use multiple members of the crew if you if you want to. But that will mean like potentially fatiguing lots of pe- people. People mm-hmm. and that can have negative effects. And you, once you've uh, cleared that event, you can move on and do two actions, and that can be things like explore or buying things from the market if you're near a marketplace. Yeah. You can do port actions like repairing your ship yeah. or going to uh, an inn and, and healing everyone up, getting rid of some fatigue. Uh, like, big, big actions. Yeah. Um, and that is that, that event deck is kind of a timer. Yeah. And every one of those event decks has... 
six nice easy things at the top and that might be like hey a ship uh, a fish literally jumped onto your boat you can kill it for food or you can push it back in the water hmm. or uh you passed a, a trading vessel if you've got some money you can buy some of this yeah or you can attack them or you can just say goodbye yeah and or and then like as you go through those first six the next six will be a little bit more difficult, and that might be like you're encountering storms, or you've got kelp wrapped around the 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 um the rudder, and you've got, someone's got yeah. to go and sort that out. Or, and all the last ones, are usually really horrible things like there's rats on the ship. This could be an ongoing effect. You can either deal with this now by passing quite a high skill check, or risk that every time you flip over a card, a fake card, which is just like a random number between one and six. To see what extra things are added to any skill check. Yeah. If it's a one or a two, you will always lose a, lose a food be- as long as this card is out. Mm. So you can deal with it now, or you can potentially lose all your food. Yeah. Uh, one thing I really like about this game is once you've done the setup, it's very flexible in how lengthy or not a playstation of it can be. Yeah, you could literally play one round. Yeah, it, it's you're, you're basically like, I, I would say... At any point, you can get you you know you finish a round and go. It's going to be maybe 15, 15 to twenty five minutes if we choose to do another round, depending on if there's mm. combat or not. Do we want to do another round? And you can basically make your play session as lengthy or not as is is necessary. Yeah, like theoretically, got, you could play through the whole thing in yeah, one go. It's got that flexibility that something like Boulders Get Through we talked about earlier doesn't really have. Mm-hmm. Like this is you you can make this a whole day thing, or you can get a couple of hours in and go, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, or you like there, and there are like little sub positions that you could work out like nice places to wrap up. Yeah. Uh, because as I said, you've got like the easy, medium, and hard po- points of the deck. You could go, all right, okay. Then so the next one is. The next difficulty up, shall we wrap before we, we get to yeah. that one? So we'll finish th- this round, I'll do my actions, we'll make our decisions, and then we'll pack it up. Um, and then there's just these like slightly longer than usual um, zip bags oh. that are perfect for just going, okay, you put each of the individual crew members and the captain in their own bag, and all of their power-up cards, or yep. any of the extra skills you've attached to them cards... Go on there. Any um, tokens that were on them, yep, any, any health or d- damage that they've lost, go on them, and you could just seal that bag, and that is that whole it's, character saved. It's it's such a nice system for saving your progress and yeah. having all of these things you were in the middle of tracking, like be very compartmentalized to reset them up for another game later. Yeah. You don't have to do that thing of we've got to leave it on the table until we come back to it that you can't really do with a cat-like smudge. Yeah, it does say, like, if you've got the space to do it and it's not going to be a problem, you can just leave the game set up no, and that's that's fine. It's not that it inconvenient nice to, to pack away and rebring back out. And yeah. that is impressive given how many systems it has going on. It does have a lot of systems going on. Yeah. And as we say, we played through an entire 20-hour campaign. We've seen one ending... Yeah, I think about nine possible endings. We've we've thoroughly thoroughly explored three squares on the map and kind of started exploring a fourth out of quite a big map. There's a lot of that map we just never went to. Yep, uh, not even did a cursory glance in yep. quests that we picked up and never found the answers to yep. items we found and we know where to go back and buy if we need them, but we never found out what to use them for. Yeah, like at one point we found a diving suit. We were like, well, better spend the money and, yeah. and pick that up. We never found where it was needed. Yeah. So like if we were to do another playthrough of this, I suspect we would just 
completely sail like south or east rather than west or north uh, where we sort of started this time and go cool what's this way and just pick an island to start on and see where the quests lead us yeah there's a there's a whole lot of this game we have not seen oh yes uh and very it seems like it's going to be a while before there's any repetition in what we see across playthroughs. I mean, unless we choose to go and 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 do things we've done previously, or yeah. in in the hopes of maybe picking up uh, particular quests but that we sort of started and never yeah, finished. But that's sort of within our power to do. Yeah, and it's it's nice that it is uh, the like you've got like a quite a thick pad of of logs. Yeah, that come in the game, and it's. So you put the the date you started mm. your first playthrough. Eventually, you'll put the the date you ended and your final score. Mm. Um, you'll also have a, a just a, a quick way of logging like each of your saves for every session. Yeah. So you need to like write down uh, which cards people had in their hands, how many command tokens they had, and that's just written down. And everything that you, like you as a team have is collected together in one baggie. Um, so it'll be like that. Those are separate from the things the characters have, um, and that could include like just equipment you've picked up, uh, extra recipes because there's a whole thing about like cooking and um, like that's another way of of healing people up once you've got a, a good way of regularly getting like meat and vegetables mm. and grain. Like recipes is one of the biggest saviors in that game. Like go just get a bunch of money together, go to a market. You get to draw like draw seven items from the market deck, and guaranteed one of them will probably be a recipe, which is just a really good way of getting rid of a bunch of fatigue and a bunch of lost health without yeah. having to find a port. Because sometimes <laughs> ports are, you're not near a port, and you don't want to waste the time going back to one when you know that that clock is constantly ticking. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was, it's a fascinating narrative. I definitely appreciate having the Forteller app, even though it does have its bugs. They are, <laughs> th- thankfully, they are transitioning from the old app to a uh, um, a new online system, which works way better. But uh, there are still a lot of TV. Problems. Occasionally, you'll click on "We're going to do this," and you it will play the "You didn't do that" audio occasionally. Yeah, um, but we like I've been sending bug reports, so hopefully the, those yeah. things will be fixed for like other people attempting to do it but i do appreciate the the dramatized reading because Agreed. like one thing i know that i am terrible for like I, i'm not a great reader especially out loud like i can get very monotone when i'm starting to read out loud and some of those passages are quite long yeah like especially the ending like the ending we were like we've got three more cards left in the event deck in our in our last run through the event deck so i think Maybe we'll probably leave it there. And then it was still like 45 minutes running <laughs> through the ending, making our very big decisions about how we get through those last sections. <laughs> and then just going, there's so much to this. Yeah, there is. Yeah, had a fascinating time with that. Look forward to playing more of it and, and yeah. seeing what else is in there. Um, you got anything else you played? Uh, that's, I think, most of my stuff. Have you got anything else you wanted to talk about that you uh, played? Yeah, I, I, got a, I got a few extras. Uh... Rattle off some short ones. Uh, we played a bunch of Frosthaven. We got we got our Frosthaven party C- together. Continuing to really enjoy Frosthaven as big group dungeon crawl. I think we're maybe heading towards like a quarter of the way through a campaign, we, as best we can tell. We are ne- we're ge- getting through our first winter. We're halfway through our first winter. Uh, 
Yeah, um, th- this game continues to have some really, really creative ideas for how to set up uh, missions mm-hmm. that feel really distinct from each other, despite being made using the same pieces. Oh, yes. Without going into specifics, we did a mission that involved uh, a central room with a bunch of corridors off it, mm-hmm. and a bunch of uh, thing like, here's an element per per direction, and I'll say, I'll say that much about it. That felt completely unlike anything else we'd played so far. It was fascinating, and and I, I think this leans into I think they got a, a lot of complaints with apparently with Gloomhaven was too many of their missions are go here kill all the things, mm. and this was very much a go get the thing and and come back with the thing, but also like your decisions about which things you go and get because you can only get four out of six. Good, good luck. And the mechanical benefits we got for which rooms we went to. Yeah. And the ways that we were like, oh, well, I won't cash in this objective yet because we get a bonus for holding onto it for a bit. And that's going to help us, like, do the rest of it. And the way we sort of looked at it at the start and went, mechanically, I think this is what is going to happen. Let's make our decisions based on that. And then finding that... That was almost correct, but also <laughs> not at all, and uh, we, we did have to contend with some things that were perhaps a lot scarier than... I, yeah, I continue to be very pleased with the variety of content that Frosthaven is offering mm-hmm. up. Also very much enjoying the whole city building there, that's been yeah. absolutely fascinating. Uh, I played a bunch of Food Chain Island, uh, a, a button-shy game that I've had for a little while now. We talked about Sprawlopolis a little while ago. It's a, a an 18 card game that comes in a little plastic wallet that f- is great for taking places. We took it to a wedding last year. Oh, this one, yeah. Yeah, the, that's the city building one. Um, but the the other game I got is uh, Food Chain Island, mm. where you basically lay out a, a grid, uh, a four by four grid of cards, and you have two sea creatures, and the but all the cards have numbers on, and most of them have like a special ability. So the num they're numbered like naught uh, to fifteen, and naught naught uh, is just a plant. It can't eat anything, mm. but fifteen is a tiger, and it can eat anything up to three points or three numbers lower than it. Mm. So you, you sh- you're shuffling the cards and then dealing them out randomly, and it's just a puzzle. You're trying to do your best to to try and get basically down to one lone thing left on the island and you have your two little sea creatures which are special powers and the base game ones are move one creature one space and Mm -hmm. eat anything below it or the other one is you discard it and you can move one creature to any other space Ah. and you've got this like fascinating puzzle of using all of those things how can you best deal with uh, all of the creatures and down to at least one or, or at most one for the best scores. Basically the, the scores are one is you're really good at this, two is you're doing pretty good and three is you're just an amateur practice more. <laughs> it's a cheap little game, the base game is only 18 cards, I've got the expansions for it and my goodness that gets a bit chaotic with expansion. There's like loads of extra sea creatures so you just pick two random from the ones you have. There's uh, flying creatures, which will have like a challenge that you have to do and in order to discard them, and you can't win the game if you haven't discarded them by the end. 
So some of them, it might be like, you have to have the an odd-numbered creature be the predator three turns in a row in order to discard it. Yeah. And then you've got like special creatures which will only appear after a creature has been eaten next to it. So you can't even just start working on them straight away. You have to calculate, how am I going to manoeuvre things in such a way that they're going to land in the right place that I can flip those things up before I can even start thinking about how I'm going to deal with them? So it's a lot of thinking multiple steps ahead of yourself to try and not uh, screw yourself out of being able to do the things you're aiming for. Like You might be like, yeah, this is a really great way of getting rid of that and that and that and that, and suddenly you haven't... you've, You've got like your... All your high-numbered ones on one side and all your low-numbered ones on one side and no way, like, your your lowest-numbered one on the high-numbered side is now too big to eat the any of the creatures on the low-numbered side. Ah. Uh, yeah, and then, like, each of the creatures, when they are the predator, they will, like, usually have a special power. So it might be something like, this time, slide the prey under the predator instead of moving the predator on top of the prey. Or next turn, it has to be one number below the, uh, the, 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 the prey has to be one number below the predator. Or next time, the thing has to move diagonally. Or after this moves, you have to move it at least one space. Which means you're then going, yeah, but it's perfectly set up so that you keep and eat that and then that. But if it moves out of the way, then it's not going to be in a place where it can actually <laughs> eat the thing anymore. Ah! And uh, yeah, it's it's like you can knock out a game in like 10 minutes and it's very addictive. For just go, I just do one more game yeah. of, of the, the Fujita. Very condensed little loop. Mm-hmm. Good fun and, and lots of replayability, which is surprising for, for such a tiny little game. Um, I haven't got much else. I've got a couple of other things, but I think the thing I really want to talk about is Excavation of Hobbs Barrow. This is this uh, thing that you've been playing the last few days where you keep not explaining what you mean, but going, this game is strange. This is weird. Yeah, And I have no context for what this game actually is. (laughs) So the the game is about a uh, a barrow digger. Kind of an archaeologist, kind of a kind of a grave digger she wouldn't call herself a grave digger but she steals she steals pottery from neolithic graves uh neolithic burial i mean sites. i'd probably call that a grave digger right uh, and basically she's uh, been in co- communication with this person from a tiny little town in the north of england and like they've only just got a railway station oh uh, okay and she's basically been she's basically writing about uh barrows and burial mounds across england mm-hmm. and he's talking about this place called hobbs barrow that's local and it's got like a, a weird local history and like lots of superstition around it and he thinks she'd be absolutely fascinated by it yeah she turns up at this little tiny town called Bewley. there's no one to meet her mm. all of the the villagers are like we you're not local <laughs> don't like you and she's like seems to be missing a bunch of stuff. It's constantly pissing with rain and miserable. The person she's supposed to be supposed to be meeting, half the villagers claim they don't even know this guy. And the uh-huh. other half are like, oh yeah, like oh, barely see him. Occasionally comes into to town to get his post. But you know, he's he lives miles away. He, like eventually uh, deciding you're gonna stay at the the the, the one um in public house. <laughs> um Immediately having weird dreams, finally meeting the vicar who agrees to take you out to this person's house, 
then finding that there's no one home, but that, like, there's all these clothes on the washing line and including a glove, the other glove of which you found the night before after someone disappeared that you were Mm. chatting to in the pub. Like, there's a lot of weird shit going on in that story. There's some weird supernatural stuff. And the ending is wild. Just wild. Uh, like, I, I have no interest in, in reading Lovecraft, but mm. I do love the idea of, of a cosmic horror, of like something unspeakable and massive and like unexplainable with terrible, terrible powers that could crush you like a, a, a fly, surrounded by mysteries and puzzles and possibly cults. Hmm. But I no, no interest in reading that racist bastard's books. Yeah, I realise that people are, they find them fascinating, and I realise that people are doing a lot with them that is considerably not racist by virtue of the fact that it's now all public domain. Doesn't change the fact that you read a lot of those stories and go, I can't separate this from the knowledge that he was writing about. Thinly railed stories about races of people. Exactly. So having a story that is a cosmic horror but doesn't touch on any of the Cthulhu mythos is is fascinating. Like, you're constantly having little flashbacks to this main character's childhood uh, like because their father was injured at some point. We don't really know how. At one point we're told it was a horse riding accident. That's not true. (laughs) <laughs> um, but he is basically unable to move and unable to speak mm. and no one's quite sure at this point how uh, conscious he has the character keeps having flashbacks to her childhood about him being like I'm going off to do some archaeology type stuff like the kid being basically fascinated by daddy's an adventurer and, and I mean, stuff that would be fascinating and then him getting sick and his mum being like I'm burning all of your father's books Hmm. Ask, ask not about what any of this stuff is. It's just a fascinating story, especially when you are pushing against a whole cast of characters who, for the most part, don't want anything to do with you. They don't want you in town. They're almost universally telling you to leave right up until the point the train line gets blocked and you can't leave. Aha! Uh-huh. Most of the stories told told over the course of three days. And Mm -hmm. it rains every single one of those days. (laughs) Um, It is a fascinating story, and um, I'm I'm glad I picked it up. That was another one of Casey's recommendations. And uh, yeah, good job. That's a good game. Uh, Yay. Some things happen. I'm not going to spoil it for anyone, but boy, howdy. And also, it does that thing... A horrible comparison to make. Uh, you know how, like, in Ren and Stimpy, they used to do the, like, weird super close-up, like, shots? Yeah. They'd be, like, weird super detailed things that are nothing like the rest of the, the animation. And this does cutscenes kind of like that. Like, for the most of it, it's all done in engine, but occasionally there'll just be, like, a close-up of someone's weird face. I, and they're yeah. old and craggy, and they live on the moors surrounded by mists, and... What the fuck is up with that goat? I, I'm i not going to tell you, but mm, weird shit. Weird yeah. shit is happening in Hobbs, Hobbs Barrow, and it's it's a fascinating, dark little game that you can probably get through in about six to eight hours without too much trouble. It manages to avoid, for the most part, doing the uh, moon logic thing. 
Yeah. Like, the few times I got stuck, I kicked myself as soon as I worked it out. Like, yeah, of course, I should have understood that. Mm. Like, at one point, there was a, a puzzle where I needed to find a key. And I had been told that the key was in a specific place. And I'd, like, gone to the place I was convinced it probably was. It wasn't that place. Mm. Then I looked through a whole bunch of, like, clues on a wall. And something was like, ahaha, it's a reference to a thing. I hadn't looked at the fact that one character had been jamming that thing down my throat. Every interaction we'd had (laughs) right up until the point they'd vanished. And I should have been able to go, that's a clue. That, that (laughs) That is the answer to the thing I'm looking for. You silly me. Uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. I would appreciate if it had the classic scum game thing of I can press a button to pause it no matter what is going on. Yeah. Because the number of times I was mid-dialogue that was unskippable and wouldn't necessarily be able to re- be reviewed at any point. Yes. There's very little of that, hey, what did you say about this one thing in mm. that game? There's no, like, uh, log that I could find that tells you, like, hey, here are all the conversations you've had. Yeah. There is a, hey, what am I supposed to be doing now uh, thing that you couldn't look at. Like, mm. it doesn't really give you hints. It's just like, hey, I, th- I am heading for this thing now, or I am trying to achieve this goal. Which is good, I guess, for if you've been coming back to it sort of more than a few hours or days at a time. Yeah. But yeah, had a really good time. Um, and I look forward maybe to seeing other things from, from those creators. Nice. Uh, yeah, that, I think, is all of the things that I want to talk about that I've played. Well then, time for this. Hello, madam. <laughs> oh, hi. Have you ever considered living in a giant mushroom? I can't say I've ever considered it, but it, I, I'm not opposed to living in a giant mushroom. Have you ever thought perhaps about living in a lighthouse? I, I have. I have thought of living in a big tower thing. I suppose this is similar. Very similar, these giant mushrooms. Uh, okay, well, like, how, how expensive is a giant mushroom to live oh, in? Some would say it's incredibly expensive, while I would say it is entirely for free. I, okay, it seems like there's a catch. What's the catch? You what am I have live to do? in this giant mushroom as long as you agree to make as many mushroom puns as possible. Oh! Come, come into oh. the giant mushroom. See, this is my room, my cellium. <laughs> well, oh, that was a good pun. You, to me, seem like a fun guy. Oh, you're getting it. <laughs> yes, I think you're just the right person for a mushroom. And you'll oh, agree, I- there's quite mushroom in here. Oh, I was, I was going to make a similar joke. I was going to say, I'm glad it's not much smaller because then there wouldn't be mushroom in here. Oh, yes, yes, very good, very good. Oh, 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 I'm laughing till I'm spore. Oh, yes, welcome, welcome. I suppose you can live here now. Oh, oh, oh giant mushrooms of fun. <laughs> Making this my whole personality now. Oh god, I wow, uh Well What what day is it? Huh. Somehow lost several days. Okay, let's uh see what's going on in the world. Huh. Elon Musk solves world hunger. Huh? Elon Musk has housed every single unhoused person in the world. Huh. 
don't... I... No. Mm-hmm. Hey, you, what are you, what are you doing? Oh, just, uh, moving all of your furniture out. My, I, I, why? Oh, well, you know, you, uh, when, when you spoke to me yesterday, you said you wanted to get, uh, give it all away, um, to people more in need. Uh, we sort of arranged it last night, so I, I came back as arranged to get rid of it all. I, why, why, why would I, why, why would I do that? Did, was I in some kind of fugue state? Did I look like I was hypnotized? Did, have I, I mean, I don't know what that would look like. What what's what's happened? Why am I getting notifications that I my my bank is empty? I don't have any money. What what what's going on here? You gave me this letter yesterday. Tommy did give it to you today. Once it seemed obvious, you were confused. So I guess that's now. Right. right letters. Who, who who uses paper anymore? Jesus. Is this the Bronze Age? Okay. Uh huh. Uh huh. Magic teapot wishes you wished for you wished for control of all of my assets. Oh no, not me. The I'm guessing whoever wrote the letter. Oh, so I've given all of my money away, all of my property, all of my shares, and I've handed Twitter over. To the Internet Archive. I'm destroyed. Well, for once, you have some genuinely earned good press coverage. See, you know, you're a, you're a self-made man. You can, you can make it all back again, right? Right? You know, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you know? Do <laughs> you know anyone with an emerald mind who'll adopt me? <laughs> so... What have you put in your eyes? Uh, eyes. What, what, what have we put in our eyes? eyes. Uh, we watched a a film together. We watched a couple. Yeah, we watched uh, we watched a film at the cinema. We did. We watched uh, we watched the new Ghibli film, The Boy yeah. and the Heron. Or How Do You Live? Yeah, is that the is that the Japanese name? That is the Japanese it? name, and uh, it is name dropped during the film. Indeed. Um. Yeah, this is a very interesting Ghibli film. It is. It's the first one I've ever seen on a big screen. Absolutely gorgeous to see on a big screen. Oh, yes. Um it, it it really does justice to Ghibli's wonderful art. Mm. Um but yes, this is it is an interesting film in that it uh, it starts off for quite a while being quite a grounded not not anything mystical or magical happening just trauma 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 to the point where i genuinely thought that it was just going to be a film about a child with ptsd i i really did for a bit wonder whether this was just not going to have anything mystical in it at all and just be like hello your your mum died in the war and now you are just a depressed child dealing with with dead parent trauma. Um, yeah, and, and occasionally seeing your mother in flames. Yeah. Now, I, I will say, uh, that that portion of the film, I really respect how good a use of, like, quiet and silence that oh, made. Yeah. It, it really did a good job of knowing how long to linger and not feel like the film wasn't giving you anything. To feel like it was progressing while not rushing itself. Yeah. Um, there is a half of this film that is... Uh, on the surface, much more about an exploration of a magical world in that Ghibli-esque way that you might imagine. Mm -hmm. And it is a film that very much feels like it is quite direct metaphor for uh, some of uh, Miyazaki's feelings on the creative process. 
Yes. And yes. his ability to continue having that creative process. Yes. I think, saying, trying not to say too much, I think it's worth knowing before going into this film that Miyazaki once went to the premiere of a film that his son had made and walked out about two-thirds of the way through the film, and when an interviewer asked him why he'd left before the film was over and whether he liked it, he said, of course I didn't like it. Why would I have left early if I liked it? My son has made a terrible film, and off he walks. That feels important to know. Because, like, there's definitely... There's definitely bits of that that <laughs> impact where what this film is saying or not saying. I, I feel like this film is saying something healthier than that, but I feel yeah, like... yeah. I feel like this is a film that you make after maybe having some feelings about, like, maybe that wasn't the healthiest way to, uh, you know, respond to my son's creative work. Yeah. Yeah. It It is a fascinating film. It's a fascinating <sighs> and beautiful film, and I wish it had my ADHD meds before <laughs> I went to the cinema because it was getting really fidgety in the last hour of that movie. But it is, yeah, like, it's a, it's a fascinating story. The characters are really interesting. The way it messes with certain concepts is fascinating. As, as someone who enjoys Ghibli movies f for, for the numerous and various and adorable cats, this was a very bird-centric film, and the parakeets were adorable. <laughs> yes. Uh, we saw the English dub of this, okay. and in particular, like, I think the cast did a fantastic job. In particular, Robert Patterson as the heron. Didn't realise uh, that was him. Absolutely pulled out, like... The wildest box of voices <laughs> did not just go, I have one good uh, voice acting voice for this film. He's like, I've got like four different voices I'm going to use. And they're all like very distinct and very useful. He really doesn't want to be known as just the little vampire boy anymore, does he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, real honestly, he did a superb job. Oh, I, yeah. I could not have pictured that character voiced by anyone else. Um... I, I there are a few big names in this, and I didn't yeah. realise most of them until the until the credits rolled. Yeah, I I will say, it, don't go into this expecting like a spirited way where the entire thing is sort of uh, childhood whimsy throughout. But don't go in expecting like the opposite end of the spectrum and expecting this to be something like Grave of the Fireflies. It really is trying to walk a line down the middle. It falls somewhere between The Cat Returns and Grave of the Fireflies. <laughs> it's, it is trying to be like a grounded story about a person, but that person's life happens to be intertwined with the creation of fantastical worlds. And both of those can sort of coexist in one life, I think. There's a lot um, of coexisting and, and yeah. working out how people live. Yes, um, there are some po there are some plot points in the film that I think were very obvious and very telegraphed, but I didn't feel they never came across as oh that that was a that was supposed to be a secret and I worked it out too early. Mm. It's like ah, oh, I worked that out, but I maybe didn't work out the why of mm. certain things. I was like oh, I know who that character is. I I can work out who that character is. How have they ended up interacting? Mm. Maybe that's the the mystery of it all. Yeah. Gave a lot to think about, and a lot of mentally chewing over kind of room mm. after finishing it. Yes. That was another one we left the, the theatre out. It's... A, a fairly long conversation yeah. about. It's definitely one of the more... Uh, one of the Ghibli films that we've come away from with more, like, we have a lot of things to talk about and a lot of, like, what's your opinion on this? Mm. And I, I appreciate that about it. It's not what I would want every Ghibli film to be, but I enjoyed it here. Hmm. But yeah, it is a fascinating film, and I'm glad we got to see it on a lovely big screen. Oh, yes. 
Yeah. Uh, mm. What about you? What you been watching? Um, watched Hilda season three. We did. It is quite a magical show that, and um, I I think after uh, what's it? Uh, Something of the Mountain King. Um, I oh, oh, the, yeah. The movie that seemed to be like, oh, Netflix doing a Netflix again, and th- I guess they're just wrapping up a show before it's ready to go. And being able to come away from that and still go, we've got a third season in us. Yes. Rather I... than Netflix fucked it up by going, you're going to wrap it up now, this is all you're going to get, maybe. Yeah. Wait, come back. <laughs> I, I really liked season three. I think I think that it did a good job of being its own self-contained thing mm-hmm. that could exist after the movie. Yeah. Uh, that didn't feel like it was an unnecessary addendum to a finished story. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that was the case. It dealt with some some topics that like I I'll 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 say this much. As someone that had like a not great at turning up reliably dad, mm. like this this tackles that kind of subject material in like a very like well handled way that is gonna be very useful for some kids watching at a certain age. I imagine so. Uh tiptoeing around it's, spoilers here. Yeah. Um yes. <laughs> in terms of in terms of feelings and expressing feelings, I think it will be helpful. Yeah. Even if, you know, maybe it doesn't ultimately commit to some of the things it seems like it's tackling. Yes. Is that a good way to put that? Yeah, I think that manages, and and also, it, it this is very much a, a season with with growth in it. Like the mm. characters all feel like a year or so older. Like they, it feels like they are getting towards um like teenage years. David especially. Yeah, David it, very much feels like getting into that like s- slightly um isolated teen. It. It reminded me in some places of like Steven Universe Future. Yes. And specifically like not not just because they've aged up a little but in that your group of friends is maybe pulling in different directions a little as they age. Yeah. And that existing while still trying to keep what your friendship was. Mm-hmm. And I think that was handled well. Yeah. Um it was it was sweet, it was funny, it continued to be very very good good watching. Uh, the ending made me cry a lot because it was very pretty and really was a nice conclusion because I think this is like very specifically the the last yeah. of the story. Like I don't think the creators has any plans or I needed great desire to I, do anymore. With I kind it. of hope that's the case. I think I think this is a great place to leave it and to, mm. to let it to let it settle. Yes. Yeah, I I really enjoy Hilda. It is it, it's sweet and it's one of those. It it feels like the kind of fairy tales they were still telling a bit when I was a kid, mm. and it feels less less like they want to tell those kind of like actually not everything works out well in a, a fairy tale type stories these days, where a, a lot of our our fairy stories now are what 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 Disney do. <laughs> yes. And they they really just do that. Everything's okay. It's, don't don't worry about it. There's there's no long lasting consequences. Think about it like a cartoon show where mm, it doesn't matter where you tune in. You don't have to worry about consequences because everything's wrapped up at the end. It's okay. Mm. And Hilda doesn't seem to be afraid of going. Ah, actually, some things do go bad. Yeah, occasionally. And and there are like sad and long lasting consequences to actions. 
not even necessarily by the, the main cast, but by humanity. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I think Hilda has done a, a lot with that, with, obviously, with the first season we had trolls. Trolls are an absolute menace. Trolls are terrible. But trolls are also their own own species. Yeah. And you you did kind of, like, steal their land. Yeah, and then torture them with a sound that that causes them abject pain. Yeah. You know, they're going to be a bit pissed off at you. Yeah. Yeah. I I can't say enough positive things about Hilda. It's lovely. It is great. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Have you watched anything else? Oh, we watched the extended version of Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. Uh, the, the three and a half hour cut of that film. Yeah. Um, that... That that three and a half hour cut does not feel as long as it is. No. Despite the fact that Fellowship of the Ring, no matter how you watch it, feels like it there's like three or four points in it where it feels like it like, okay, and that's the end of this movie. Nope, we're, we're going a bit further. Yeah. Yeah. Which as you you pointed out, is because it is it is a series of books. They 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 put a few different stories together into one film, and therefore you can feel where the book ends. Well, were. like even like as written, like fellow Fellowship of the Ring as a book is two books. Yeah, it's like it starts. It's book one and book two. So that is the the first problem, and then you've got everything breaking apart at the end, like at the the end of uh of Fellowship. With the fellowship breaking, with uh, like Gandalf dying, would have been like a perfect yeah. opportunity to end. Uh, getting to Lothlorien would have been a good like resting yeah, place. Yeah, so leaving Lothlorien, <laughs> and then obviously where it, it, it the fucking um, uh, Merry and Pippin getting kidnapped, Boromir dying, Frodo and Sam going off together, and obviously the the liberties that are, are taken with uh, with the movie version. Yeah, like for all the stuff they cut out, that is it. It, it doesn't fuck about pacing wise. No, no, they get a lot of stuff done. Uh, yeah, I, I, I am. This is one of the few like extended cuts of a film where I feel like it actually adds. Yeah. So often it's like you you cut stuff out for a good reason and you pasted it back in and it's not to a film's benefit. Yeah. I think this is like a really fucking good way to watch this film. Yeah. Like um I rem- like remember watching the original because I was like Lord of the Rings was like my special interest for the longest time mm. and I remember watching the original cut, the first film, and I went, I don't really like it, there's too much cut out of it, and it's trying to rush too quickly. Mm. The extended edition came out, and I really enjoyed it, but I still didn't love it. Yeah. And that continued through the release of the rest of the films. Like, I really hated Two Towers and Return of the King mm. as movies. And what I think is interesting is, I don't know if it's... Like how precious I am about the series anymore. Uh, just, just being a bit older and understanding a bit more about filmmaking and pacing and my own time. Mm. But I genuinely like had a, a lot more enjoyment of the experience this time watching it, and I have watched that version of that film a lot. Yeah, and all of the commentaries and all of the other versions. <laughs> of it. And uh, yeah, I I really enjoyed it, and I'm tempted to try watching the other two and see if. The years have softened it. If, if you want to try the others, I'm up for watching them with you. And if you just want to watch this again, but with like extended edition with director's commentary, I'll do that with you. I'll watch whatever version of this one you're into. That's a good one. I I genuinely, I very much enjoyed this and I would go through multiple versions of, of it with you because 
I I am excited to see more of the thing you like. The Shire is very green and pleasant, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about you? Have you watched anything else? Uh, we rewatched the Barbie movie we together. Did. Um, and my thoughts on that, I think, are pretty succinct. I enjoy a lot of that film. Barbie, don't fucking forgive Ken. Don't, don't forgive Ken. Don't, don't soften, Ken. don't placate his feelings. He, he tried... He tried to go, hey, what if I took away all of all of your rights because I felt like you didn't give me enough attention? Um, Sam, I wanted you to be my girlfriend. Fucking tell him to fuck off. Yeah. Tell him yes. to fuck off. Yes. <laughs> um, enjoyable film, though. Yeah. For, it's... for all of the corporate marketing shill that it is, it's an enjoyable corporate marketing shill. Although, once again, I think we both commented on just how, like... How, like, aggressively anti-Metalla is at times. I, there are things that I am surprised <laughs> they got away with. Every time I see the interior of the Mattel offices as a grey featureless building full of people in, like, eight foot t- high walled cubes are yep. un- uh, not allowed to interact with each other, yep. I'm like, that really is... full of white men. Yeah, that really is a representation that you were like, we'll, we'll, we'll let that fly. Mm-hmm. Ah. Uh... <laughs> that boardroom is still all white, all old white men. By the end of that film, I can't remember if they're all, all the, if they're all white men, but I they are certainly I'm, all men. I'm pretty sure they're all, the all white men. White, I'm pretty sure it's all white men. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, like it, it, it is certainly a commentary on Mattel. <laughs> it, it is perhaps more of a commentary than than it wants to be at times. Yeah, but you know it. It's, it was very popular yeah. and I, I hope it encourages more young people to learn about all of the problems that it's kind of tackling yeah, go go learn about the woman who invented Barbie and the whole tax uh, thing that went on there with her being Which pushed out of the car. casually thrown away yeah um a fun fun fact there there was a push she got breast cancer had a mastectomy they tried to push her out of the company she tried to do tax fraud to get back into the company it's a whole thing yeah. That uh, Mattel does not like to talk about and did make it into that film. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, because yeah, you, sort of, you are sort of left with, well, no, no, do talk about that. Because she, she just sort of casually offhandedly mentions yeah. it. Like, okay, Ruth. Cool. Uh, <sighs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's, it's a fun experience. It's, it's a, it's a fun film. You know, you you can very my first feminism. Yeah, you can you can point out that it's my first feminism at points, but then also like five minutes into that film, they're making the legal case that corporations should not uh, have the rights of people as they currently do, and should not be able to use like legal personhood as a legal argument. Right? I'm like, you're not wrong. Baby's first feminism has occasionally like really fucking (laughs) solid, like quite advanced points. (laughs) Some solid anti-capitalism here. I'm enjoying that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, enjoy. Did you watch anything else? Uh I think that's really it for me. We we watched other bits but nothing nothing too consequential, I don't think. Alan <gasps> Time for this. Hey Laura. Yes. We've got a new sponsor. <gasps> Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you uh need uh, uh um, like a like a life thing for Stress and and stuff. You know, one of the one of those. I apps mean, well, I mean, then. I have been told I seem like I run a little anxious, but yeah, you know, I can't same, imagine it's that same. big a problem. You yeah, know? well, you, it's it's not one of the ones that gamifies it. So oh, okay, that, that's maybe something yeah. that 
will be a pro or a con for you. No, I will see. This week's sponsor is deepbreath.lol.net. Oh, tell me more. Well, it's an app that will monitor your heart rate. Okay. And it reminds you to take a deep, calming breath if you seem stressed. Okay, well, let me let me pop on the thing that measures the, the, the heart rate. And, okay, the thing's going off already. Uh-huh, okay, uh-huh, um... Uh-huh. <sighs> deep breath. Ah, oh, deep breath. It's, it seems to be getting louder. Yeah, it's still. It's it's not. It's not slowing down. It's it's it, it's constant. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, what? Hmm. Mm. That's concerning. I don't think that's how that's supposed to work. <sighs> no, that sounds like you're hyperventilating. Deep breathing. God damn it. Yeah. <sighs> so that's deepbreath.lol.net. Enter the code Q and PS two nine uh, two eight nine, and you two. We'll find that just some fucking yoga and deep breathing isn't actually going to help your anxiety problems that are, you know, genuine problems and maybe the kind of people who tell you to just try yoga or a hot bath should fuck off. Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, uh, I've been thinking. Right. I keep hearing stories bubbling up from downstairs. Uh, you know, the people who share these stories, you know, we track them down, we fire them. But I keep right. hearing from yeah, yeah, yeah. from people working downstairs that, oh, we here in, like, you know, the development floor are the most oppressed people in the company. How? Um, uh, we, the, you know, minorities working at the company are the most mi- oppressed people at the company. How? They you know, have, like, a whole floor. You know, they have the, a whole floor. They have right. these vending machines that we give them a modest discount on you know that well they say oh we're underpaid we're overworked you know uh there are discriminatory hiring practices that mean that people from certain backgrounds can't keep jobs or the first ones get fired when firings happen blah 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 blah. so many extra hours they could be working right right you know we're doing them a favor by giving them more free time you know but I've been thinking about this. I keep hearing this and keep weeding the people out, but I think we need to make a stand. I think we need to we need to make it clear to the people working at this company uh, uh-huh. who the most oppressed employees here are. Us. Us, the executive yeah. class. Yes, yeah. of course. Because, you know, we have to carry the burden of leadership. The burden, you know? yeah. We yeah. have to carry the burden of, you know, occasionally having to leave our golf game early to come back because, you know, yeah. someone needs firing. Yeah, And, yeah, yeah. you know, we, we, we can't leave it till tomorrow in case, yeah. you know, they, they talk or something. Our floor has windows, so, you know, we have to stand by them looking Pensive. We have to we have to occasionally put on sunscreen, you know, in case the sun, you know, you know too much sun you, through you, the window. You, you don't have to do that. They're they're coated. Oh, they're, okay, okay. Well, yeah, I'm going to tell them we need to do that because you know that sounds like we're experiencing more. And it will help them stop complaining about the lack of windows. Exactly, down. exactly. But you know, not only do we have to carry the burden of leadership, and yeah. you know, we're you know we're only allowed like 18 holidays a year. You know, that's yeah. you know yeah. that's. I can't imagine less than that existing anywhere in the world. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and all we get in return is money. Like money. We, do, we don't yeah. get. We don't. We don't have. Uh. You know, subsidized vending machines up on this floor. Yeah. You know, we only. You know, have. No the, one throws us a pizza party. Yeah. You know, we have to order our own pizza using the money we earned from our big executive salaries. We don't yeah, get free and, pizza. Yeah. You know, all the times we petty cash. Pizza well, to I mean, be made by I mean, our I mean, own executive I mean, chefs. I mean, yeah, but like you know, that's that's for special occasions. Like we we Tuesdays. signed a form, yeah, on a Tuesday, yeah, 
we're on a Wednesday. Form, forms are hard. Forms are, forms are hard. I got to write my name down like on every single one of them. Right. That happens. And, and I like, can't use the same pen twice. So, right, you know. right. I have to find more pens, you right. know. <sighs> no one has it worse here. No one. Us. Not one person. Not one. You know, I think this calls for uh, a golden crusted pizza party. I, I, I agree. Uh, you are a fucking genius. I know. As are you. An oppressed genius. So, what have you put in your ears? Oh, I've not put a lot in my ears. We we put some music in our ears together. We had a little New Year's Eve. We did. We had a little New wiggle. Year's pop. Uh, Listen to a lot of trance. Am I correct that you have some of the musicy bits? Have some uh, of the musicy bits uh, yeah. written down. What 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 music did we listen uh, to on the, we the New to Year? David Starfire, uh, Sitarfire, the Govinda mix. Uh, Fox Stevenson Double Up, Talpa White Clouds, the Yotopia mix, uh, Clean Air by the JFB remix. I can't remember who that's originally by, and I apparently forgot to write it down in the show notes. <laughs> um, we uh, listen, yeah, we listen to just a lot of random uh, trance mixes, psytrance mixes on Mixcloud. I unfortunately did not get the names of most of those. I think we listened to a whole bunch of uh, John Double O Fleming mixes. I wouldn't be surprised if we did, given the friends those, those we were with. Those people who very much like like John Fleming. Yeah. Also, I briefly was going to mention the Forteller app, but we talked about that during Played, which was always a risk. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's broken, but mostly it works, and when it does work, it's great. <laughs> um, yeah, they'll fix it, hopefully, and if they don't, I'll keep shouting at them. Um, but yeah, we, we listened to that. I have been mainlining Dice Funk now that yeah. I know that season 10 is, is done. Is it done? Yep. The, um, the second post-mortem went up this past weekend. Yeah, I will see. Let's see if I can work out where I am. I'm at episode 39, which I think is like, is it? Yeah, I think it's like 42 episodes. In Maybe. Do you know roughly what's happening? Uh, peace talks are just starting. Oh yeah, you are very near the end of oh. season 10 of, uh, Dice, Dice Funk. Done some, some 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 power moves in 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 the last few sessions. We had the the big fight against all the um, mind witnesses. Yep. Uh, which was just a fascinating concept, and the way that was all set up. And then, mm, last episode, Austin managed to get the fucking theme music in as a poem. Yeah. As the credits faded out. Yeah. You shadow red. <laughs> uh, that was. Mm. Beautiful, but also like I was like, mm, Austin, Austin. Yeah, it, it was just too good of a fit. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, um, I have it, it, that has been, I think, the best season for for a while. No it's, offense. No, 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 none, <laughs> none taken. Look, it's we're doing we're doing a show that's essentially an anthology series with rotating cast, rotating settings, rotating mechanics. Some of them are going to be more to people's taste than others. Genuinely, season 10 has been one of my favourite seasons as a player uh, to be on. So um, much came together between players and plot and the two DMs who did yeah, wonderfully. I was really, like, looking looking back on season 10, um, I was a little nervous and shaky during my first act as DM, but I think by the time the second away act uh, arc was happening, I was like... I'm feeling it. I've I've hit me stride. I'm yeah. I, I've gotten over the initial wobbles of I'm telling half of this story, and if I fuck up, it fucks up Austin's story. Um, and I'm I'm really happy with how season ten came together. It was great. I'm looking forward to, to finishing the last few bits, and it's been sort of fun to to have that to listen to. 
because uh, it's been sort of like off off my map for about three years. The 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 two two DM setup was really really fun. Yeah. I I don't know that I would want to DM a weekly dice funk uh, campaign by myself, but being able to like offhand it back and forth with someone else and sort of do that collaborative structure really really worked well for me. Yeah, and I think you, the other thing that I think really struck me uh, listening to this. Knowing that you were recording an episode on Tuesday night and an episode on Thursday night, one home team, one away team, and then playing them back as here's all of the home team of one arc, here's all of the away team of one arc, and the fact that they played so well, like it wasn't noticeable that the different teams were running at completely different times and and different stuff was going on. Yeah, like... Running the whole thing and then ended up like months ahead of yourselves. Yeah, when one arc was being recorded, we didn't know how the other arc was going to end, despite the fact that one arc would have ended by the time you heard the other one. Yeah, and we, me and Austin, didn't talk a huge amount about what the other was doing before we did it, and we H- still managed to managed to have some sort of vague theme crossovers a couple some, of times. We had some really nice accidental synergy between uh between arcs. Yeah. It it was just a really nice process, and it all came. I'm glad that not only did all of the away team members' arcs come together successfully, but then the two, the away and home teams, merged and came together successfully as one story. It was great. It was it was a real run. It was great. I, I'm looking forward to 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 finishing that, and then I don't know what I'm gonna do because I won't have. That much dice funk to listen to. Yeah, season eleven. It it is it is happening. I think we've got the first home and the first away arc recorded, and are starting on the second arc for each team. So we're at least six weeks ahead still of what's being heard, and that's only going to pick up steam again. Yeah. You know, we took we took we took a couple months off, and now we're just going to go dice funk, dice funk, dice funk again. Dice funk, dice funk, dice funk. Do, 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 do. It's fine. I can, I can, I can give you the, uh, the secret cuts early if you want more <laughs> dice funk to listen to. You can, uh, you can listen to the, uh, the drink cuts as they're called, which is the, cuts. the roughly thrown together cuts so like one team can hear what the others was up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well then. <gasps> Time for this. Meow. Well, uh, hi. Meow. Hey, kitty. Oh, 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 sorry, sorry, kitty. That's just the, uh, that's just the tortillas for dinner. Hi, you're being very affectionate right now. Is it because there's a, there's a rustly packet? I see. Uh, okay, I've tried to explain this to you before. I'm going to try really hard. You've got to focus. Not every rustly packet is kitty food. Rustly packet is kitty food. Yes. No, no. Some rustly packets are not kitty food. Rustly packets, kitty food. Yes. <laughs> no, no. You see this one. You see how the, you see how this looks nothing like kitty food. It's big circles of tortilla. Kitty will try. <laughs> no, I look. It's like when I got the skittles out and I I, I take them out of the rustly packet and you smell them. And they're not. You see, they're not kitty food, despite having come out of the rustly packet. No, it's not good, is it? Yeah, it's I'm not. not that. <laughs> no, it's it's the same one. It's the same one again. That one's green. Yeah, they're they're not kitty food. That's what I'm explaining. 
Yeah, okay, I'm putting these away. Not every. What about the purple ones? No, they're all not oh, kitty food. You can't be purple. <laughs> not, none of them are kitty food. Oh, but why am I really bag it if it's not kitty food? <laughs> because, because not every food in the world that's rustly is kitty food. Okay. Gonna check out the rusty packet in the bathroom with the white torpedoes on it. Hey, uh, I know I don't know you super well, but we've been really getting on, I I, I, I thought. Yeah, totally. Like, you're, you're like my first friend in this town. It's been really hard after the movie, no? Totally, and, and I cherish that. So, what's up? Well, I noticed that you vanished for a few days around the time of the full moon. Oh, um, I... You see... I, I I followed you last night. Uh, to that old stone building in the middle of nowhere? Y- you did? I, 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 I can explain. I heard some really weird noises in there, and this morning after you left, I saw that chain bolted onto the wall. I should... It's it's okay. I, I know what you are, and I'm totally okay with it. You're a, a werewolf. Wet padlock. Wait, so what? Wear padlock. I go and chain my certain bolt myself onto the the chain, and the transformation's noisy, obviously, because turning all my bones into a pat padlock. Uh, I mean, I'm still okay with it. I have questions, but I will respectfully hold them back. I'm glad you're okay. <laughs> I'm okay, but you know what. Padlockrathy does affect a number of people. You know, I was bitten by... I caught my finger in a padlock when I was learning to pick them uh, as as a young child. And and that's sort of how it got me. And and now I I can't really responsibly have kids because they'll be firstborn wear padlocks. And there's there's just a whole weird thing with that. Uh Uh-huh. You learn something new every day. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors? Yeah. All right, mate. How you doing, mate? Oh, I'm doing all right. How you doing? Yeah, mate. Yeah, not too bad. You uh, you, you been up to much? You had, had a good uh, oh, UDP? Had, had a good a, New Year? A lovely one, lovely yeah, one. Yeah, I got, yeah. got some good rest. It was very well needed. Nice, uh, nice yourself. Enough. Well, you know, yeah, it, was, it was a lot of social. And, uh, you know, I feel like in the last few years, I have perhaps you know, got out of the habit of big social, you know. Yeah, that's fair. That's yeah, fair. I yeah. think. Um, you know, I did my best, and it was it was obviously lovely to see people. But yeah, uh, yeah you know, uh, yeah, nice to have a bit of a rest at least. You know, feeling yeah. a bit more refreshed, less immediately close to burnout than I was. I, you know, I, I know the feeling well. Yeah, yeah. you've been up to much, mate. Well, you know, I uh, oh, I did have to briefly uh, pop to the doctors uh, oh, yeah, recently. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know how, how it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it it went it went all right. You know, mm. it's uh, mm. yeah. You ever have those experiences where you go to the doctor and uh, for, for, you know for whatever reason they just kind of discount your experience. You know, don't don't take it as seriously as they maybe should do. Yeah, you know, I've had a few times where you know doctors will bring up things like you know oh you, you heard a thing about. That matched your symptoms on on TikTok or whatever, uh, and you're self-diagnosing. And some some doctors really don't like the idea that you've you know looked into a problem you've you've maybe had 
all your life and haven't really had a name for and assumed was a universal experience and then you know you go to them and be like i think i might have eds or or, or whatever and and they'll be like oh no 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 don't don't diagnose yourself just because of, of things you saw online well no that's why i'm here to get you know maybe further yeah. information looked at you know and some doctors, uh, they do really get quite quite the gob complex, especially oh, the old yeah, ones. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, there's, I'll there's, you know, I, I I understand a certain degree of just because you, you know, Web WebMD was a, a problem for a while. Oh, people yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know, be convincing themselves they had cancer and whatnot. Yeah, but, I mean, it doesn't help that WebMD you type your symptoms in, and almost everything will eventually lead to you're imminently going to have a heart attack and yeah. uh, you know, a, you know, and all, terminal I, disease. I get it from that perspective from doctors, yeah. but also like there is a real degree of like I know better than you don't 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 try and be a doctor and like you know look up your symptoms and learn what might what might ha- you know what might be a good starting point to look at mm-hmm. you know that's my job fuck off yeah but you know it, 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 as 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 much as that can can suck I think I think it's particularly you know there's a lot of groups it's particularly bad for in yeah, terms yeah, of yeah. not having you know their insights on their body or their experience your own experience of their pain taken properly oh yeah you, you know, know I've heard some some really fucking horrible stories recently you know not least you know the the ones i've heard for years and years and years ago yeah, yeah, yeah. uh women who've uh or uterus havers in general who have been to the uh been to their uh, gp and you know complained of, of various pains and been ignored oh you know nothing you know you need to exercise more or you need to get more iron or you need yeah. to you know maybe consider doing some yoga um, and, uh, yeah. and things of that sort and you know they've been in, in pain they've been suffering for years and years and years like oh you know undiagnosed endometriosis because you wouldn't fucking pay any attention to you. yeah and then you've got like you know uh, you've got young people who are often you know uh, a lot of if a, if a health condition that's associated with being older happens in someone younger they, you know they'll sell, say their, their symptoms to the doctor arthritis yeah it'll be like well you know that you know whatever thing you think you've got that only happens to old people doesn't yeah. happen to people oh, your age too young to worry about uh, stomach cancer. You know the you've, the fact that you've constantly been uh, agonising and in pain, and you've been talking yeah. about uh, um, um, like peptic issues and and uh, constant stomach acid issues, and, yeah. uh, regular pains, and, and then you know by the time you do get diagnosed, it's perhaps too late. You yeah, know? and I've heard a bunch of those stories recently, and it is devastating to them, to their families. Uh, to, to people around them, yeah, and this even happens to people working in in the medical community. You know, you yeah. get nurses going, well, you know, I I know my own body. I've been working in the medical profession for years. I know what things to look out for. And I went to my GP, and they completely ignored me until I was basically terminal. Yeah, you see it a lot with uh, non-white people as well, yeah, oh, who yeah, will yeah. very much get their their experiences of pain, you know, not taken seriously. Uh, very, very uh, specifically, you will have, uh, you know, there is a, there is an unfortunate history of medical science deciding that you know non-white people feel pain differently. Well, yeah, and, I mean, it doesn't know, help that most of the uh, medical journals that were were written by written by uh, horrible racists who were like, well, you know, we'll do. All of these tests, uh, test exper- uh, experimental surgeries on uh, um, black women, yeah, uh, mostly Af- African American women, because a lot of these things yeah. happened in in America, and it's just like, oh yeah, they, oh they don't feel any pain, their, their yeah. skin is thicker, and, and, you know, this, that, the other. And, and it was clearly a justification for what they were doing, but yeah. it's 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 had this weird knock on effect of certain doctors just assume that pain is different depending on race yeah. in ways that like 
can really fuck up access to medical care. Oh yeah, the thick skin thing as well. You know, oh, well, black people have, have thicker skin than uh, than Caucasians, and therefore, you know, they'll they'll you'll have to do injections differently and things like that. And it's absolute bullshit. And and medical racism is a huge problem, and uh, as well as ageism and. Fat phobia and misogyny. Oh, I mean, fat phobia, indeed. You know, oh, yeah, that's, you, know, the, you know, yeah. The number of people who are told, like, well, I know that you think you're having whatever symptoms. Go for a run, lose some weight, and we'll see if you still think you've got, you know, arthritis or whatever. Yeah, and then you hear these stories about people who lost weight to the point where they were, you know, se- severely malnourished, and the doctors were were still uh, taking issues with their weight, or, f- or finally managing to give them a diagnosis for something much more serious. Uh, that if if treated many years earlier when they first started complaining about the issue would have been entirely curable or, or much more manageable than they are at the time that uh, they finally uh, were willing to t- take a proper look at things. And uh, yeah, ultimately, I just wish doctors would listen to, listen to their patients. You know. Yeah. 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 Well, fancy uh, I mate. Oh yeah. <sighs> Yeah. Good luck, mate. Good luck. Good luck. Right, I think I'll go put the kettle on. Well, that sounds like a plan. Nice, nice. So, Laura. Yes. You do things. I do. Do you remember? Do you remember you do things? I do stuff. I I know it. It's been a couple of weeks, but I remember I do stuff. The people would like to know where they can find those things. Well, you can find those things at Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, Patreon. That's the one that pays us bills. As little as a dollar a month over there really helps. Or whatever your local currency is, because you can pay in whatever currency. Blue Sky, Mastodon, all the places. find, Find me wherever. On Twitch, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 10pm UK, 5pm Eastern, 2pm Pacific, I'm currently doing a playthrough of Like a Dragon Guiding the Man Who Erased His Name, because uh, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth is coming out at the end of this month. Access, ability, episodes usually every Friday uh, over on YouTube. There will be one this... uh, It'll... It'll be up the week that we're recording this, so if you're listening early, it might not be up yet. If you're listening on the regular release date, it will be up. That is a half-hour conversation between me and Arevia talking about PTSD and video game accessibility. Uh, so that that'll be cool. Uh, that that'll that'll be up by the time this goes out, probably. Yeah, just Laura K. Buzz. You'll find all the things I do. Uh-huh. What about you? Me? Well, I'm just a little bean who doesn't have that unified branding. But I do have a link tree to make it all work. It's linkter.ee slash chaniac. J-A-N-E-I-A-C. You can find all the things I've written, the music I've made, the t-shirts I've designed, all sorts of good stuff. You can help support me at patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help me justify... All of the works and the inability to play Baldur's Gate three. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah, you can you can do all of that thing. Obviously, it's been the winter's time, so everything slows down a little bit over on Patreon. So if anyone's feeling uh, generous, or at least if not, then maybe you do a share. Tell people about us because it's always nice to find new people who are enjoying the thing. Because yeah. we appreciate all of the people, uh, all of you for listening for, gosh, what nearly five years now at this point. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, Laura? Yeah? Will you sing us out, please, darling? Until next time, be a stranger. <laughs>